getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Welcome back. Was that was that okay that I started then? I couldn't. Oh talk. yeah, no, it was fine. Oh, but, uh, okay. Did you mean? <laughs> I was going to cue you, but it's fine. Oh, that okay. I, didn't. I wasn't sure what was happening. Yeah, there. I know we didn't talk about it. Wait, you last week we did have a uh, or two weeks ago when we were here last last episode. And by the way, just in case you're wondering what's happening, sometimes it's here, sometimes it's not. Just if you subscribe, then. It'll just naturally get yep. in there. You yep. don't have to look at it. Get in look. there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but we are going by an anti-capitalist model this That's time, right. which is like rest is important. We're prioritizing um, a sane work balance. Yeah. So that's why. Um, it takes a little longer sometimes. Yeah. Um, to make the magic happen. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, what last time it was based on a Doctor Who reference. Somebody wrote in, remember, giving us a name for what we would call our listeners? The Woolians. The Woolians. Mm-hmm. And then you had a new idea. Yes. What was that? Wooligans. Wait, based what's off the of difference? Hooligans. There's a G present. Wait, what's Wo- the one they said? Woolians. Woolians, and yours is Wooligans. Wooligans. Okay, yes. well, you know what? I mean, there are there's no wrong answer here. That's, I suppose, technically true. Although at some point we might decide on. We which might one decide we're on use. one. Yeah. You know. I'm. No, I mean not to be, you know, self-centered. I'm I'm leaning pretty hard toward Wooligans. <laughs> that's pretty self-centered. You're well. the only one who thought of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know that. Oh, there we may have could been other have people a little, who thought of it. We could have a little a little vote somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could put sometime. up a poll. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that poll would be. But... I would link to it in the show notes, and oh, it would okay. live on a service such oh, as wow. uh, SurveyMonkey. Wow. Look at you with your technical skills. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so this week just... So everybody knows we are having a guest, um, a wonderful client of mine named Beth Newell. And um, the reason why we're doing this episode is because we thought it would be really helpful for people to listen to people's stories who have created change in their life that they wanted to create, right? Like make personal changes, doing self-growth work, doing, yeah, self-work, personal growth work, spiritual work. How many different ways can I say that? (laughs) Hashtag self-work, hashtag personal growth. (laughs) 
<laughs> not, not sure hashtags work when you just say no? them. No? No. Mm. thought they float up to a <laughs> cloud in the sky and be like, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, and she was an awakening client, one of my, my three-month mentorships. So it's sort of in that framework as well because those mm-hmm. are the tools that she used. It, I think it's helpful for people to, yeah, just get her. Yeah. yeah, to hear real life, like, you know, get at the universal through the specific. Like, what was her growth like? How does that resonate for people? Right. Things like and that. And how can you do it for yourself if yeah. you're in a similar situation or something quite like it? Exactly. Anyway, that's what's happening today. Um, we will get to our segment. This is what I'm excited about. <laughs> That our segment. <laughs> I can't remember if it's what are you excited about uh, or this is, uh, what? this is what I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Either way, you get Something it. Something ending with excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night we're we're both feeling feeling a little. <laughs> are you still feeling tired? No, I'm okay now. Yeah, but. I'm still tired. But we, I got really excited because um, <laughs> I bought this really fun bong. <laughs> that is has clouds and it's really pretty and I love it and you know we're using it to smoke the very legal version of weed very right, legal extremely legal you can just Delta go right nine. down the street and you get that stuff and that's legal and that's what we are doing <laughs> and um but I was so excited to use it that I did. I I don't think I've used one since like 1994. No, that's no, not true. That's not yeah, true, but not but one, not, like, not one this. like that. Yeah. And as soon as I did it, I took way too big a hit, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I am going to be way more high than I meant to." Um, and you were. And I was. Yeah. And it's and I. The thing is, because I've had a couple of bad experiences lately. I think that's why it kind of triggered this paranoia. And first, I was like really glad that you were there with me (laughs) (laughs) at first, so briefly, because (laughs) because he didn't do a great job of comforting me. (laughs) Really thought I did. I thought I was nailing it. Yeah, it became very clear. And this happened the last time I truthfully took, the, by accident, a Delta 9. They, the lady at the place selling it was it like, was. what? Yeah, she was just very misinformed. She's like, yeah, I had to take two of these. And it was 25 milligrams. Anyway, I, <laughs> it was a it lot. Was, I was like, it was so bad that I woke up the next morning, my face was swollen. It, right. And I had the worst night of my life of paranoia. Anyway, it was hearkening back to that time, not as intense. Yeah. But in terms of how I felt, or rather didn't feel soothed by you. Because right. when I was like... I need you to help me. And it felt like you were reading from a book. Yeah, I know you. I mean, I could tell that you felt that way. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I told you. Um, I don't think you put it in those words oh, no, last night. Words. I mean, I yeah, said this later. isn't helping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. And I, I mean, so I, I was actually proud of myself at first because I was mm-hmm. not just like, I wasn't just repeating, you're going to be okay. Like, <laughs> I wasn't treating you that? like, no, no, no. I Well, I mean, not not that. But okay. like, yeah, I wasn't doing what you said it felt like, or mm. at least I didn't feel like I was. And yeah. I was, you know, 
like I felt like I was very present and engaged mm, with you, but you did not feel that. No, way. you were you weren't looking at me, and as well, I you, you but you told ahead. me to <laughs> not be in your like to be in your presence, but not too close. That you, was like, later. That was a few minutes later when I asked you to follow me to the bathroom. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> But it was just when you were sitting next to me. So then later... Oh, you mean in bed? Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Well, I don't think I appreciated... I don't think at that point I would say I was I was I proud of how I was doing it, but uh, <laughs> not that I'm ashamed of it. But I what that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about uh, once <laughs> once I had followed you into the bathroom. Wait, to I'm confused. You. What what were you proud of? Well, I f- just what I said that I felt like I was be present and and mm-hmm. like engaged with you, uh-huh. not not writing you off as like oh my god she's so high like oh I I just gotta like comfort her through you know like r- remind her she'll be okay like you know what i mean like it was well i'm surprised to hear you're proud of that because that seems like just like what i was you also would... very high oh, well, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's why. why i'm proud of oh, it yeah no no not okay. not because oh. like that i invented being present <laughs> and aware <laughs> well that's why i asked you are you as high as me and you i you were like no well at that point i didn't think i was oh, I, I had see. later i thought i was or i mean it, it, it became, became clear we were clear. yeah yeah or at the very least that i was i see I well that be. makes me feel better because i didn't think you were in that moment but then in the morning you sat down and you were emphatically telling me why i don't know you were trying to talk to me about this I think. in the morning yeah this morning yeah yeah i don't remember what you were saying but i was like this is what i needed yeah this direct this emphatic you are okay yeah that's when i what yeah well i <laughs> what i was doing this morning yeah was in the same vein of what i thought i was oh, doing at the time and okay. so this is the you know the great question am i wrong about how i was coming across yes. because i was high yes are you perceiving me differently because mm. you were high no or no oh, okay <laughs> or some combination of well the, two. the reason why i'm pretty sure i'm right aside from the fact that i am is that you is that you weren't looking at me and it's st- and I kept saying like I need more than this, and you still it was just kind of like the you feeling. said that when we were in bed. Yeah, that's when that's when it happened because when as after we got to the bathroom, <laughs> and um, then we started laughing a lot, and then everything. You know what? I'm glad we had this conversation again <laughs> because somehow it made me realize this was all probably because you were also high. Honestly, I'm not comfortable I was a little... being the only one <laughs> accepting responsibility for this, but all right. I just mean. <laughs> You, we started the story by saying well, that you were so high, yeah, you were yeah. worried it was going to be like right. that worst night of your life, right. well, but somehow I, your perception is not affected. No, 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 this. it's not that. This is what I mean. Like, that could be true, but either way, 
my point is like if that were to happen in the future yeah i would need something different than whatever was happening regardless if i'm reading it like you were doing the right. thing or not it still didn't work yeah no no, no. i i'm not arguing that yeah so yeah. that's all i'm saying is yeah hopefully this just won't happen again in the future <laughs> yes and geez i was so looking forward to that cute cloud it's a very i mean it's, it's also so cute. sort of a good combination of the two of us because it's shaped like an erlenmeyer flask Why but oh, cause you uh, it's covered into... in clouds right yeah, yeah that's true we um have a our foster cat i think we mentioned last time um, he's a senior and he did, they're getting adopted, which is so exciting. It's a true adoption miracle. Yeah. Because the other one hasn't, still hasn't come out from behind the filing cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody is still willing to adopt her. And right now he's looking for her. He's like, where are you? I know you're behind the filing cabinet. Anyway, but you might hear his noises. But yeah, I'll do my so best to edit them. But There's two and one <laughs> yeah. is... Anyway, would you like to talk about... Oh, your big accomplishment. Oh, you mean what I'm excited like, about? What you're excited about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this week I tested for my first Taekwondo belt and uh, tested successfully. So uh, yeah, you he... are now listening to a white yellow belt. <laughs> He was raising his hands in the air when he said that. Uh, I was I was raising the roof. Oh oh yeah. oh! Thank you. Mm. Like you just don't care. Or is that oh a no no no! Situation? I cared about the position okay. of the roof. It oh. needed to be raised. Oh okay. Yeah. Um. So you know what? I was reading this Substack as I want to do, and one of the things that this person suggested was that we as humans should celebrate each other more, like. Basically normalizing sending a card when you, you know, pass your white yellow belt, which I, hmm. you know what, if I had done that, you would have done a lot of things for me and I haven't done anything for you. But you you would have, have come to the thing for sure you would have. But you and I have different needs. What are you saying? I mean, it's not like I need that, but it's just nice. And I, you would really appreciate it if I did that for you. I mean, of course I would, but yeah. I don't, but like there were a lot of factors in you I, and I, I, I do not like how long the testing takes yeah. at this place. Okay. It's well, a, that's an event, story. an all day event. Right. So I, I have, I felt better with you not being I there see. and I felt celebrated nevertheless. Did I'm, you? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, any Hoosers, is that what you're excited about? Yeah, that is what I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. I've, I've set a new goal for myself to get my blue belt, which is the beginning of the upper ranks, mm -hmm. um, by the end of the year. Is which, that, that's a new goal? Uh, well, you have heard it. I oh, don't believe okay. I've said it on the, I on see. the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought that was the goal from the beginning. You're, you you want to go three times a week. I do, but oh. that's not the same goal. Oh, Okay. Um, so what I'm excited about is I found another new musician that I love. Well, first of all, there's this, um, there's this person called Elise Myers. You may have heard of her because she has millions of followers, <laughs> but maybe you haven't. Um, and she's great and I love her. And she also sings. Anyway, she did a duet on TikTok with this guy that she found on her FYP our child has gotten me self-conscious about how I say FYP on 
by TikTok? call it because you say FYP page. Yeah, is that real? I guess that's real middle age. <laughs> I don't know if it is. You're definitely asking the wrong person yeah. to check. But <clears throat> well, it, anyway, apparently, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But it's real. I don't even know what to say about it except for he hits a real chord with me. Yeah. Like I just was watching it, and then I was like, oh, I want to weep. <laughs> and if you heard it like on the radio, you'd be like, oh, does Charlie Puth have a new song? Probably. Like, it's good. I yeah, it's like a good Charlie Puth. Pop, it's yeah. Melody, you know, it's melody. You know. It's melody. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> but it's very intense. It's like whenever anybody, like, he's clearly, he's an alcoholic. I don't know if he's in recovery, but his songs are a lot of times are about that. And, um, but I did figure out that it did go to a core wound. Of yeah. no 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 you told oh, me what you what thought we... but I came I realized it's something else. I thought we talked about it on the walk. That's... Yeah, you came up with the thought that because I have been told before that by the person that does what I do who I trade with that I have another timeline where in the nineties I was a musician like with all like you know like Veruca Salt type of musician which isn't crazy to me because Mm -hmm. i was playing i was played a little bit of music like one time i auditioned even for this band when i was broken up with yeah i didn't tell you about that with on keys with i was and i was dating this guy who was in a band i was very much in that scene and i wanted to be doing it but i was very intimidated and i didn't follow my passion and so sometimes i'll have this longing like when taylor um hawkins died from the foo fighters i felt like as if i knew him Mm -hmm. and that's when she was like oh yeah you had a timeline where you did like you were in that world so that that really resonated with me, and it feels accurate, especially now that I'm doing all this timeline jumping stuff. But um, anyway, long story short, not at all, but I realized that it's actually this core wound of, like, when I was a teenager, I was just so, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, like rejected by my mother very felt very alone in my um and persecuted i felt like it was my fault so i never talked about it even though i felt persecuted i blamed myself and it was just a really very hard time and this guy feels like he's singing the emotions of that experience but also there's something about him being seen in it yeah so it creates this longing of me being seen yeah in that experience at that time and being like oh yes good like i see you i see you you're doing like you're amazing basically the opposite of what i heard at that time um but anyway so i don't know if that's completely boring but it was fair i was like why it's funny because someone posted on this last thing i'll say about this but someone posted on his one of his threads about that song why am i crying and (laughs) because it is just like a pop song oh oh, that's what they posted why am i crying yes i thought thought that was the title for a second no that was a comment that someone said why am i crying and i was like i've been trying to figure that out for four days (laughs) for real it's like not i mean he is intense about it but it yeah. Well, so, and anyway. it's a song about intense emotions, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. not just like, oh, I love you, girl. No, or, like... <laughs> no, that's true. Well, it's about his, um, this one isn't about alcoholism. It's about 
like trying to make it as a musician and feeling mm. like wanting to give up but not wanting to give up and all of that right Right. So anyway, so that's what I'm excited about. His name is Braden Bales, and you should go support him. Link in the show notes. Yeah, because he's up and coming. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I am really good at discovering up and coming artists. Chris Stapleton, John Mayer. <laughs> I mean, they, some if there was still A and R departments in record companies, oh, they should. They they really should get a hold of. Me. They really should. Should should have actors no because I've turned down the Friends cast <laughs> and Julia Roberts turned them down yeah boy a lot of animal noises this time I mean I'm only mentioning it in case I can't edit all of yeah. it out that is our cat Sharon uh, who stands at the door to my office and uh, <laughs> paws at it until I let her in. Okay, so before we get to this interview, I just wanted to say that I finally have released, thanks to my wonderful assistant slash husband <laughs> who did a lot of wonderful technical work on it, um, I have an inner validation and meditation, inner validation class mm -hmm. that has a little lecture and um, a meditation that I really love. It's one of my favorites. They're great. And thank you. And it's all about connecting, like, especially if you need a boost, if you're giving your power away, that meditation is really helpful to come back to self and um, feel, go into a timeline where you just know your worth, you feel so supported by your guides and your inner world. And so anyway, that's what that is. Plus, a, like I said, a lecture. Um, and you can get it all for free if you pre-order my book. And then you just send me a little email, highestlighthealing at gmail.com, and I'll send you the class. Free. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to order the book, you can also get it on my site for $22. Anyway, so I would just so greatly, I'm so touched by everybody who's already pre-ordered and you're going to love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's chock full of energy healing and inner child healing information. Um, so yeah. And then other than that, you can find me at highest light healing on Instagram and TikTok, mm -hmm. and you can sign up for my newsletter and get three free meditations at highestlighthealing.com I, I get a lot of emails that people do my chakra meditation which you get for free with that newsletter um, every day and I love to hear it because it's really helpful yeah it's a great one all right now we're going to have our guests Beth Newell is the creator of the satirical women's magazine, Reductress. She co-authored the books There's No Manual and How to Win at Feminism. Her work has been featured in The Onion, McSweeney's, and The New Yorker. She hosted the podcast We Knows Parenting on iHeartRadio. Beth was named by Rolling Stone as one of the 50, 50 funniest people right now and is one of Time Magazine's 23 people who are changing what's funny right now. She gave birth to her daughter in the backseat of a Honda Fit. That's a small backseat. All right, Beth, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here and being our first um little guinea pig in terms of talking about your process and I mean I just really appreciate it because it's yeah. it's like personal and I think it's going to be so 
helpful just for people to hear, oh, okay, like, you know, this is something I could do in terms of if you're, if they're feeling anything you're feeling, or just also normalizing the process of being human and growing through things and what that looks like. Yep. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, It's like, I feel like it is one of the things that's been incredibly useful to me. And also one of the things I was probably like most hesitant about doing in some ways what do you mean what part what the the inner child healing aspect of what you do I just feel like it's so like deeply culturally ingrained in us to be like that's lame like that like (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm sorry you've got a wounded child (laughs) that's so interesting because well Beth came you are you do comedy still and um I feel like, and we actually didn't know each other from our comedy world theater, UCB, but we were there around the same time, I guess. But the point being, it's funny you say cultural, like from our culture, it's lame, but I really think it's like very rooted in the comedy world that it's lame. That was part of why it was so hard for me to like come out of the woo-woo closet. Yeah. I mean, definitely the comedy world. I feel like the culture I was raised in is very much like the comedy world in that sense. So your upbringing then was not conducive to like introspection. and Yeah. I mean, for me, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like being the like only child, uh, sorry, the middle child. Sorry, being the middle child, I feel like I developed whatever coping mechanism was just to be like completely silent. Mm. So it, everything about my route into comedy feels like weird and backwards because I remember like doing improv with people and everyone was like a theater kid mm. and they knew like how to get on stage and like mm. how to speak loudly and project their voices and like, I was just like the shyest person in the room and like just was I mean because it's like I feel like the the comedy vibe that I was raised with is sort of like more like a heckler like (laughs) you know like (laughs) like more tearing down than building up yeah yeah like just in the back of the classroom or like (laughs) so in terms of getting to being more introspective and working on stuff like you know to heal um patterns and things like that what did that look like for you I guess it sort of goes hand in hand with my comedy journey because I was seeing shows at UCB and got really obsessed with it but again I was like the shyest person you know and Mm. I impulsively signed up for an improv class that was supposed to start in January of 2005 Mm. and in December of 2004 my brother died unexpectedly so it set me on this weird path of like I think it almost like like lined up for a reason because otherwise I don't know if I would have made it through the class like I think I would have just been like I can't do this like I'm too shy but because I was in such a state of shock I was kind of like this doesn't matter (laughs) I can do this um but then you know onward from that obviously I still had (laughs) things to heal and a lot of like feelings about my brother dying and so I kept having like all these weird signs and things happening like something is trying to get my attention like mm-hmm. and, and I have continued to have like just those weird synchronicities over the course of my life that I feel like are telling me to like stay the course of like writing and 
doing comedy despite mm. like everything in my body like physically trying to reject it <laughs> yeah I mean I very much relate to that with comedy I was always like why am I doing this it's just so much pressure yeah it felt I, like a lot of pressure yeah and the other thing is like at, around that time I started because I was like starting to sense like I needed answers to like you know what happens after death like it suddenly mm. was so tangible losing a loved one that I was like yeah I started reading a lot of books, like many lives, many masters oh, and things yeah. like that. And just like getting on this path of like trying to figure out all these spiritual things. And like, I, at some point, I mean, it's probably a few years later by this point, but I like went to see a psychic and was, you know, like was getting all this information from my brother um, that was just like, so in his voice mm -hmm. that I was kind of like, oh, this stuff is real and the and that same psychic was like you're a writer oh, and it was wow. like really bizarre for me because I was like I didn't see myself as a writer at that point but then as soon as they said it I was like oh yeah that's uh, that's why I've been doing all of these classes and like now it makes sense oh wow so moving on to like the stuff that you were working on as we were working together when you started coming to me. Um, obviously, I do inner child work with the energy healing. And you were saying that it felt like that's weird or like you had that old feeling, of you know, that was your initial feeling about it. Yeah, I think part of it for me, too, is like it asks more of you as the person being healed like I feel mm. like what I what I've noticed as I've fallen more down the rabbit hole of all these spiritual things is like I feel like when you first get into it you want like the you want to read the secret you want to manifest like tomorrow and you want right. like a, a psychic who can tell you like everything your dead relatives want and you want like <laughs> and you want to like you know be told the future and be healed like that day right. and but yes. I think then as you get into it more, obviously you like find that there's like so much healing for, to be done by all of us all the time. Yeah. And there yeah. is not actually easy solutions to a lot of this stuff. And like, yeah. you, you know, it's not a quick fix. And so yeah. I feel like when I've had, when I first started having healings with you prior to the um, container, I think I did healings where I was like, obviously I enjoyed the healing part and the effects, but the parts where you would start walking me through, like, me visualizing stuff or like mm -hmm. can you call up your inner child it was like that my brain would just be like I can't do that I'm not psychic like you have mm -hmm. the abilities like I don't have these abilities and I think it's actually only because I had taken so many other classes maybe and like been walked through so many visualizations that I even got to a point where I started to trust it mm -hmm. with you but like mm -hmm. it, it's like, even now, like if I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do that guided meditation. There's a part of my brain that's like, oh, I really need to like get into a safe space and calm down and be the mm. like, you know, be ready to get to that place where I can tap in. And the more I've done this work with you and other people, it's like, oh no, I can just like go there now. Like I can just like see what pops into my head and it might not feel like it's the right thing, but mm. it is something that wanted well, to come out, you know? Yeah, I mean, yep. I think you really tapped you said it when you said safety, like I forget how you put it, but I think it's because you've built up more inner safety. 
that it doesn't feel like scary or like, oh, I can't do that. And that is a part, obviously that's an inner child part. That's like, you can't do this. And probably that inner child part feels unsafe, feels scared. Yeah. There's definitely an inner child part that like thinks everything is like going to be a test. <laughs> like oh, like I, yeah. I, I went to a new doctor and he, my husband's already been going to him and he's really nice, but I was like, he started asking me some questions like about like the last time I'd gone to the doctor and I would get defensive and be like, well, it's a pandemic. And, <laughs> and he was like, no, I was just asking, like, I don't like, <laughs> like I'm not like grilling you. Like <laughs> any answer would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was, I've been so used to like these doctors that talk down to you that I'm like, okay, so they're looking for the reason to be mad at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That is definitely an inner child part. And often if we have, the, those parts are rooted in that in like somebody that a caretaker that um, either intimidated us or they didn't trust themselves or something like that, that creates that kind of an inner child part that's it's afraid they're going to get the, you know, what's like what the uh, wrong answer. Yeah. Or yeah. the inquisition, like the like, mm. why didn't you do that? Where, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, a separate question. I'm curious, like, if there was an inciting incident for you that took you to the point of, like, I need to start doing this work on myself as opposed to, like, trying to find the solutions externally. Like, you were talking about, um, you know, wanting to be fixed by a healer, wanting to be, okay. wanting to get information from others. And then, and then was there a turning point or was it just sort of a, a slow accumulation that led you to, like, oh, this is my work now? Yeah, I think that's been much more my path since the pandemic started, because I at the start of the pandemic, like, I was just getting kind of burnt out on work, like I was running my company, and I had a book that came out um, in fe February, just before the pandemic. And so I was like doing that whole hustle to get the book promoted. And, um, and it was like, then the pandemic hit, and I had decided I was in a place financially where I could sell my company and, um, just I just had like a lot of like tower moments in my life of like my husband and I had been doing a parenting podcast and then we went into quarantine and we were like we can't it was already so hard to record the podcast <laughs> prior yeah. to that and then we were just like so burnt out we were just like no so we ended our podcast and I had some friendships ending around that time and so I just I got to this like like reset place, which I knew on some level needed to happen because I felt like the way, the way life was going for me pre pandemic, like I, I felt like my career was in an upswing, but like, I just like, wasn't stopping moving. And I <laughs> was like, uh, cause the, you know, like, again, like I was running a company and then I was writing a book on the weekends and like trying to watch my kids. And so the, so so the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, this is your time to like switch gears and do, you know, figure out a more sustainable way to live your life. And like, what do you want to do with your time now? But I kept feeling like it was like the trauma of all these things ending at once. Like mm -hmm. I still felt stuck on like an emotional level. And I also at that time had like ramped up my sort of spiritual practices, but in a way that was becoming almost like a workaholics version of spirituality. Like it was like, I transferred my work energy into spiritual stuff. Oh, and wow. 
<laughs> I like only knew how to approach things in like either capitalist like overdrive or like not at all like it was <laughs> yeah. just like constantly trying to like prove myself in some way and so it was a weird <laughs> it, the pandemic has just been I feel like a lot of like I don't know if it's like that hermity energy or like having to kind of like sit with your own feelings and like stare yourself in the face for once Mm. it's been me like learning to do that Mm. and I did cut back on a lot of like spiritual stuff like I mean I still had my own little things but I wasn't like I was trying I was like I can't be taking all these classes because I'm clearly like looking externally too much to Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. and I switched to like I was working with this therapist that I've told talked to Natasha about who ended up being not great for me (laughs) and uh had to let her go it's funny though I think the way the universe uh presents those uh, growth opportunities to you of just like if you're going to continue down this like codependent path like here here are some more people who are going to take advantage of you. (laughs) (laughs) this is what it will look like yeah and if you don't have the information around what does it look like to be codependent or why you know are you not in touch with like the inner child parts that are driving that you Mm. can just really continue down that path yeah I'll also say uh, somewhere around this time, I was like starting to read a lot of books on narcissism and codependency Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sort of putting together the pieces of why I was behaving in certain ways with certain people. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start reading those books, you're like, okay, narcissists, they're bad. I have to focus (laughs) on the narcissists. Mm -hmm. And it's still like an external thing instead of like Mm -hmm. this internal reflection of your own impulses. You mean Mm -hmm. like what drove you or like? Yeah, I would say what made me like the perfect prey (laughs) for Uh, a narcissist. Yeah. (laughs) Which is something you and I worked on. Yeah. So that's actually, that's great for, can you, because that will help a lot of people do you remember examining that and what that was like for you yeah I started to just look at those relationships and like why you know I was reading these things so I was not unfamiliar with the idea of like setting boundaries and gray rocking people and here's like how do you um I don't think most people know what that is I don't okay so um (laughs) Gray rocking is like, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and it's like something, a relationship you can't end, like you're, it's like your in-laws or something like that, Mm. you, uh, or your boss, you kind of just give them as little information as possible because Mm. they're always looking for something to latch onto, to like manipulate you or make you feel bad about yourself. And so if they ask how you're doing, you don't really like, you don't give them your whole like work story. I didn't know that was a technique, but I did that with my mother. I just realized, oh, if I say anything, it will be used against me. So I will say as little as possible. I think a lot of us do it intuitively, but it was like learning about it. Then I was like, oh, and then I think it also slowly became that journey of like being more introspective and being like, I don't have to tell anyone anything. Like yes. I, I, I've been like living that, like I have to put myself out on a platter for other people's critique and I don't have to do that. Like, yeah. yeah. So that you were saying that was like before, or that led to our work together. So I knew all these techniques and I was like, I should be able to handle this. I have the information now I'm going to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did have to like, behave differently and set boundaries with people 
and I had to end certain relationships and do those things. But what I was trying to get through with my therapist that I ended up firing was I was like, why am I still feeling so bad? Like, Mm. I feel Mm. so guilty and I can't let it go. And like, I still feel haunted by this nagging anxiety that like I should have done something for this person or I should have been better or that I should have handled it differently when I ended the friendship even though the friendship definitely definitely needed to end I should have like had the perfect speech Mm. planned in ending that and like (laughs) this is where I talk about I I'm totally pro therapy, but I, it has, that's where it ends. It's like, once you understand things intellectually for the most part, then it's like becomes less helpful or even unhelpful because it's like, like you're saying like, well, what now, but I still have all these feelings and it's like, you're understanding it intellectually does help, but only to a point because you have the rest of your self you have your emotions and your (laughs) energy and your body and like it's not just your brain your brain does it does help to understand it but it's not that isn't even necessary actually but I think it does help especially people who have an inner child part that survived by figuring things out it Mm. does like soothe that part a lot (laughs) to understand I mean that that certainly was true for me and air signs if we're gonna throw in the woo okay Um, (laughs) and we are (laughs) yeah no I just felt like I knew how I wanted to live my life and I couldn't figure out how to like properly embody it and that Mm -hmm. I I think that's around the time that I came to you I was just like (laughs) how do I get this out of my head like (laughs) yeah and so what did, do you think that was the hyper vigilant part of you or it was maybe that and an, an another, like a wounded inner child part that felt she needed to please people? It's all so intertwined for me of just like having these like throat chakra issues where I feel like I can't speak up for myself and mm-hmm. like also feeling like I have to take care of everyone in the room and like yeah, surveying right. how everyone's doing and that's like, the hypervigilant part. yeah that's the hypervigilant part but it's yeah. yeah it's yeah so you were saying that you feel like that hypervigilant part has been healed a lot I talk about that a lot I feel like I don't know if it's always on here but I feel like I'm always saying this to people that the hypervigilant part is the hardest inner child to like that's definitely I would say never never say never but I'm saying it a one and done you know, because she or they were created to protect you. And so mm-hmm. and they they did such a good job, <laughs> like as an inner as a child, an actual child, they really need to um, they for whatever reason, they weren't safe in the house emotionally, maybe also physically. And so they were created to like be on guard, like, oh, no, no, watch out for this or watch out for that. They had to and they all their energy went into it. So they didn't yeah, have that security growing up. So then they need to feel that inner security. And that takes time that takes consistency of connecting to them and appreciating the work they did, you know, and that how they were, you know, because they had to have that role and all of that and connecting and making them feel safe. And that can be as you connect more and more, it gets they do calm down, but 
it, you do need to probably come back to them. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I remember find really finding that after we did all of our sessions is that I was finding myself less hypervigilant about stuff that we didn't even talk about in our mm-hmm. sessions. Like I have this like ongoing paranoia that my kids are going to get hurt or like fall down the stairs mm-hmm. or like, yeah. like if I hear like a loud noise or a bang, like my brain instantly mm-hmm. would be like someone's dying or like someone's very badly hurt. Aww. And then after we did the sessions, I've noticed that that knee jerk, like fight or flight response wasn't happening to the same degree in my body. Like I would hear a bang or my kids yelling or something and I was like oh yeah it's fine like (laughs) I just love that I love that so much because it really I just feel that little girl it just makes gives me so much compassion for the child version of you you know that had to that did feel all that fear and like that she feels so much safer now I don't know it's just like oh yeah. yeah, because you don't have to address every single thing. Once you have that inner safety, it, it is widespread. It does yeah. like take care of all of it. But, you know, then bigger things can happen and you just need to remind them because I mean, I say this so much. It's true. But like our I just said this to someone today that like it's so it's wild to me that computers are better at updating than the human psyche. <laughs> like that we really do need to say to them, like, you, no, 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 it's not what 1990, you know, it's right. 2023. <laughs> and you really do need to say, like, you have yeah. to say that. It's it's ongoing. It's funny. So today I was feeling kind of anxious, like about doing this podcast. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? Because, and I think it's just, Cause I've done a lot of podcasts, but I think it's the nature of this, like, you know, talking about vulnerable, this vulnerable stuff. Yeah. And so I was feeling into this like pain or whatever. And I was like, I was with the sense I was getting was, it was like, like a teenage, like me, like middle school or high school. And that was sad. Cause she was like, we're not allowed to care. Like in this environment oh. of like being at school and had like trying to look yeah. cool and stuff like you can't act like you care about stuff I was like I was like I have to talk to her and be like it's not that's not happening anymore and you're allowed to care like yeah if if I can be obnoxiously geeky for a second the your the computer analogy I think is actually really apt because computers now are good at updating because operating systems come with automatic updates that you would have to disable they just they have a practice of checking for updates and they download them when they're available. Mm. And when you become aware of these parts and how to interact with them and you establish a practice of checking in with them or like checking with your feelings and seeing what's behind them, then the, the, your emotional updates also become more automatic. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah, I do. That's the other thing I noticed too, is that like the, inner parent that we've been working on of like talking to that child is like that voice comes into my head so much more quickly now when I find myself feeling anxious and then that voice kind of steps in and is like you know this is wrong like (laughs) (laughs) yes you're allowed to exist like oh gosh yeah yeah I say that all the time that that's the point of this is to make that inner adult the loudest voice because we all do have so many voices like that that's another lie that we're just like just one singular voice 
And that's why it's like we're bringing attention to how we talk to ourselves. You know, you don't have to call it the inner child if you feel stupid doing it. If anyone feels <laughs> Probably anyone listening to this doesn't feel stupid. Here. But <laughs> although it not. is awkward at first, it is super awkward at first, yeah. you know, because you are bringing attention to it in a way that has been unconscious. And by the way, our parts really that have kept it unconscious, they're doing that for a reason. Like they're trying to protect us because they're afraid that when things become conscious. Yeah, I do also think, I mean, to go back to the systemic issues, it's really yeah. hard to overcome stuff when it's like literally reflected back at you in your reality. So like, yes, Sorry. Um, yeah. so when you are a woman or whoever, and you're kind yeah. of like <laughs> the world around or like, or, you know, you're trying to pay your rent and do these things mm -hmm. and the world is not like supportive of you nurturing your inner child you know i would agree uh, agree with you beth that the world in general is not particularly supportive of really any kind of emotional work there is a message of suck it up like yes. go, go do your fucking job right <laughs> yeah especially yeah. with men and then also it's looked down on as being weak or like stupid yeah. and this yeah. is where i think misogyny really comes into play because it is something that mostly women do i mean 99 percent of my clients are women and okay let's say 98 and then one is percent is gay men <laughs> and then another one percent are not gay men um but yeah no it's just totally um the feminine more feminine way of looking at life and healing and all of that stuff is totally looked down on that's why i started yeah. this but i think what's hard too is like when you try to step out of that and like whether it's pursuing a creative thing or doing inner child healing or whatever like so many of the people around you if you try to talk about it they have their own inner child wounds that are uh, like usually very similar mm -hmm. and so their kind of like knee-jerk reaction is like it is like that like crabs in a bucket metaphor of like <laughs> you think you're better than us like get back down here right, in this yeah. wound with us yeah. Yeah. yeah so as far as you working on healing that part was it through how did you do that like was it through just talking to them meditation or how did you experience that yeah it was I I guess I did some of your guided meditations and then sort of uh <laughs> I want to call it like free riffing with you the call it that <laughs> improvising uh yeah. just improvising <laughs> yes um <laughs> <laughs> I, one of the things that you had me do recently, which I don't think was in any of the guided meditations, but it could be was like, or maybe you, you talked to me about it. And maybe you talked about it, about it on the podcast. But like, when you would go to your temple of like your career or business or whatever, uh -huh. like, I had this like, aha moment of like, oh, I can just create all kinds of temples. Yeah, of like, and so I would go to like my creativity temple or whatever. And like, mm. sometimes I would like run into my inner child in those places. <laughs> and like, she would like, I, she would like, I like, I would be like, oh, it's like, I can't remember what exactly was going on in the temple, but it would, was like, you know, a dark mess, like whatever overgrown. And I like cleaned it up, but I was like, I made a corner for my inner child that was like crayons and paints and stuff and just like mm -hmm. left her there. And I was like, this is like so cool. And I also like, I feel like some of the inner child stuff 
I've done maybe in a guided meditation was just when I was like working on my own sort of like gender identity stuff is like, mm-hmm. I would like take my little tomboy inner child and, but, and like dress her up, but like in a vest and like a fun little like boyish mm-hmm. outfit. And like, it was just really oh, I love fun that. to like, be like, Oh, imagine the childhood she could have had. Yes. Like, yeah she can still have in my mind you know that's right totally and that does change like our subconscious doesn't know the difference between reality our quote-unquote reality and what we're showing it i i I just have to say i can't tell you how much i love the idea of running into your inner child like (laughs) (laughs) of someone being in your creativity temple that you didn't know yeah i wasn't she's not always in the temples but in that one i was like oh this is about her like she (laughs) she that happens that happens all the time in your inner sanctuary like it's another reason you know how you were saying oh this is real when that psychic was like telling you things about your brother and for me that's another way to know like all of this is real that we can change our physical reality reality that we see in this moment because things surprise me all the time that happen in the inner world yeah and the, the thing that makes it real for me too is like when i first saw that psychic and she was channeling my brother she was channel he was like coming through really funny and I was like, he's funny. He was a funny person. And then it's the same thing when I go and do these meditations, it's like, I'll get these visions or messages that'll just be very funny. Like, yeah, like my, uh, my intuition or subconscious will make things into like weird, like sexual metaphors or just like (laughs) jokes. Like, and I'm just like, okay, that feels like, like, that feels like that's coming from somewhere very specific and real. Like, Mm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just really love using that also as just an agent for change. Like, cause that does make a difference that builds up trust. I'm just going back to your inner child being there to create a space for her. There is a part of you that knows that now, like again, in this physical reality that you're safe, that you're taking care of her. Um, okay. Actually, you brought up the gender stuff that you were looking at. Can you just talk a little, maybe that can be the last thing, how that came up for you? Yeah. So I, around the time I was seeing you, I just like, I kept having sort of this nagging thought of like, do I want to change my pronouns, which were she, her. And I was like, kind of wondering if I wanted to change it to she, they, or they, or like, I, I, I ended up settling on she, they pronouns because I don't, I don't have like a dysmorphia with being her, but I also mm-hmm. felt like I wasn't being fully myself mm-hmm. and, or acknowledging all the parts of me. And so I, what I realized was like all the, the voices holding me back were kind of like about how it was going to be received by other people and mm-hmm. their feelings about my gender and whether I was non-binary enough to warrant the extra mm-hmm. pronoun or like, you know, all those the conversations you imagine people are having about you. And so ultimately, and I also was like, I got to get this right. What if I wanted to switch it later to more than two pronouns, you know? And I realized like, I, it's okay. I can just do this. Like it's me, it's my life. Like I can always change it if I have to. And yeah. That's also the hypervigilant part that is feeling safer and calm because that part is the part that's like looking out. What is this person going to think? What is that person going to think? 
yeah systemic don't you think yeah and what was interesting is like I think the hypervigilant part in the past would have led me to be discussing this with people and I I had kind of had conversations with one or two people where I was like felt like I wasn't getting the response I wanted to to justify what I wanted to do in terms of my pronouns and Mm -hmm. so that would was kind of getting in my head before but by the time I came to this realization that like I can just do it I was like, I'm not asking anyone. I'm not running. Like, I, I obviously was telling people close to me, but yeah, it wasn't even like, I was like, oh, I don't even have to make a big announcement about this. This doesn't have to be a thing because it's not, I'm not accountable to anyone but me. Like, mm. wow. I mean, that is really huge, Beth. And it is like so much of the trusting yourself, which was something I know we had worked on that a lot of that, I feel like, um, again, it's not like it's one and done. Now you, it's just like, you know, but it is, there is like a sense of groundedness and just self-assurance with you now that I think has been able to come through from that part, trusting you, like trusting that they're safe. Yeah. That's like, I guess one of the biggest things I would say is like, I have this sense of having my own back now of mm-hmm. just like, th- things are going to come up. And you're going to get triggered, but you're not going to let the trigger rule your life. You're going to talk yourself down or like, you know, give yourself what you need. And like, there was a lot of things like that, even just like trying to feel like I deserve to like rest when I was tired Mm. or like those little things. I was like, suddenly I was like, it's just it's just, <laughs> you need to take care of you. Like you. <laughs> yes. yep. And I also just, this is really the last thing, but we did work with you were, I think it's like your Virgo-ness, but we did work with your masculine and feminine side. Like you were very much aware of that um, in your body, like this side in your feelings. We were, oh yeah, there was a lot of like past life stuff that came up there. There's and a I, lot of like medieval past lives yes. where it was like a king or getting like killed or like. Yes. <laughs> I'm really? just remembering that like that probably also helped in terms of like you though, you led that even though yes, we looked at that in the healings and it came up and everything like you were hearing that and feeling that and um, like bringing it to work with. But anyway, I wonder if that's part of why you were able to claim your gender identity more. I think so. I mean, I get as I've gone on and done more of this work, it's like, because I obviously running Reductress, I had done, I had thought so much about like toxic femininity and the patriarchy and the ways like, you know, women are taught to be. And obviously I also knew, uh, you know, had thought a lot of things about the patriarchy and about toxic, toxic masculinity, but through the healing work, I think it was like easier to see the way both of those things are embodied in all of us. Mm. And like, my, it was like my inner masculine had his own wounds about yeah. lives oh. of being a man and the way he's supposed to be around men. And I think like when we talk about that code switching, that is like you're your wounded inner masculine coming up to the surface and be like, okay, bro, like I got to hang with the, like, right. Like there's one way to be a man or be masculine and any deviation from that is needs to be hidden or discarded. Yeah. And it was, it was funny because we spent a lot of time working on that past life I had as a King, as like a boy King. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) it was like, it was interesting because 
like, as soon as you said that, obviously with all the work I've done, it's like, I don't, <laughs> you don't want to think you were like an oppressive King or yeah. whatever, but then what we came, what, what the gist of that lifetime ended up being was like, that I was actually a very sensitive man who was like, wasn't judged for that. And like, wasn't sure how to be with these other men who were like trying mm. to tell me to be a certain way. And so it was, I think that was really healing to like, mm. know that I had this inner map, like I could tap into this inner masculine that was like kind <laughs> and like yeah. had like sort of a positive version of masculinity. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> is it all right if in the uh in the show notes i refer to you as former kind boy king <laughs> okay thank you so much beth and um as we have covered beth is a writer and she has a sub stack i've loved it so far yes uh hopefully i will be writing <laughs> soon. it's a new endeavor so i had to go look at what the url actually was <laughs> it that much but yes it is bethnewell.substack.com we'll put it in the show notes yep it's fun and also yeah it's really good i love your writing um so thanks again yeah thanks so much thanks for having me all right well we hope you loved it yeah and um, we hope it was helpful and also informative. Yeah. Um, okay. So now it's time for the energy report. <laughs> 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 I really got you every time. I really do. It's slightly different. I don't even know for sure anymore if it sounds different every time, but it know. is different a different experience every time. <laughs> we'll have to have live shows and people experience it. Maybe I'll make person. a make a supercut of the uh, of all the ways you've said it. <laughs> Um, okay, so just a hashtag reminder. Every month for Mind Body Green, I write the energy report of the month. So if you would like to read it, you can go over there. Maybe it'll be in the show notes. We don't know. Um, I know. Oh, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what I'm feeling into right now. This weekend feels, well, let me pull back a little bit because I've been saying a lot how basically this is how I felt about the last two months, right? Like the, it really started pretty foggy, like very slow, very introverted. Da, da, da. And it has been picking up steam. And in fact, the last two weeks for me have been intensely busy to the point where I actually closed my books for individual sessions indefinitely because I'm not, I'm really not able to get anything else done. Um, with between that and my awakening um, people so it's just in terms of that like actual physical reality I guess it's been very it, it has sped up but I still feel like in a lot of ways energetically speaking there is it's like coming in and out of a fog is what it feels like mm. to me not like confusion fog but just like maybe coming into some heavier materials in your life like mm. subconscious like maybe beliefs or like working through having like for me it's been having to say no a lot to things and 
dealing with the repercussions of that like what is you know not when i say repercussions i mean like internal repercussions like right. what inner child stuff comes up because i'm setting more boundaries than i used to um so it may be whatever internal thing you're working on it feels like there's been a lot of opportunities for that to happen <laughs> yeah um and it does feel a little bit like getting whacked around, slapped around a little bit. <laughs> That's how it feels like this weekend. It's just kind of like, uh, 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 uh. Do you mean like sort of buffeted, Tossled. tossed around, or like slapped around like somebody's like, like you're Yeah, being maybe beaten. buffeted, tossed around. I, I, the image that I'm seeing is like, okay, I'm feeling kind of like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on exactly. And then almost like the wind coming at you. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going in this direction now. And then, oh, wait, I'm going in this direction right. now. And I know what I'm saying feels kind of vague, but it does feel like it'll be personal for everybody just in terms of whatever the theme is that's coming up for you. Right. So, yeah, the deeper theme for me with the no's have been around... It's safe to set my own schedule, to listen to my own intuition about what I'm needing, yeah. and um, and it's safe to potentially disappoint people. Like, that's their stuff, and, you know, I mean, I have empathy. Like, I feel bad <laughs> when I'm disappointing people, but I don't have to, like, go into some projected disappointment. Right. So it's basically some codependency stuff has been healing for me. But it's like I'm feeling kind of in the messy middle. So it's like I have more awareness than I did, let's say, in January. But I'm not completely in the – like I'm not seeing a clearing completely yet. So that's what this weekend's feeling like. And it just can – throughout the week it feels like there – like it maybe intensifies over the weekend and then there's a clear it's starting to get more and more clear during mm. the week like it's starting to be like oh, okay okay you know like clear in terms of like what it is that you're yes and what is buffeting you or like moving you around or clear in yes. terms of what to work on or well both, the, or? the unconscious patterns are both clear it's like you feel more let's say in my case more confident about when i feel more buffeted within like i'm feeling more right. like okay i feel good and also a combo of maybe it's also clearing externally mm. and it could be that the two go together like yeah. as i'm feeling more within it's like uh oh, it's okay and right. i'm not feeling as challenged externally so it feels like the fog is just keeps clearing off more and more and more in march it feels like it's just a lot does that make sense mm -hmm. with the clear stuff yeah i think so it's just like easier you know kind of like the opposite of retrograde it's like okay i'm in the flow yeah but it's all slow let me tell you this is another lesson that's been coming up and then i'll wrap things up here but like there because we don't have like this ultimate purpose that we're getting to and then we'll be perfect I believe our purpose is just to be who we are, be here as life unfolds. Mm. You know, sometimes that's going to feel really enjoyable and sometimes that's going to feel like, ooh, there's a lot of feelings coming up and I don't love this feeling and whatever. But it's all part of it. Yeah. And I've just really, I posted on Instagram today about being human and I feel like this is all part of it. It's like, I feel like so much of, 
our lives are spent fighting against just being a human being. Like, mm. why am I feeling sad? Or, oh, I fe- shouldn't be feeling sad. I should be past this. Or, you know, I already worked on this. Why is this happening? And, right. You know, those kind of feelings. And it's like, if we just normalized, it's actually all part of it. Yeah. I feel like we would move through it easier and we could maybe even enjoy some of the stickiness. Like, mm. here we are. I'm not trying to be Pollyanna about or it. Or like appreciate like, it. Yeah, just like, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to spiritually bypass and be like, enjoy your grief. But (laughs) I will say that when I have been the most present, even in my grief, I there has been a beautiful quality to it. Right. There has been what? Well, I'm listening to that uh, book um, by uh, Nick Cave, the interview between him and a friend of his, and he was what's it called? It's called Faith, Hope, and Carnage, I think. and uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. I think even if you don't know anything about Nick Cave, but he was just talking about how you know, of course, he would trade anything to have the people back uh, who he he's grieving. Dead sons, I but think. yeah, yeah. At the time of the interview, I think it was just oh, the God. one, or maybe they're only talking about that time period right now. But the but that there are distinct gifts that came out of that grief yeah and i think that when you're going through it it's like of course i think it's good to share it like for instance when i was grieving dr schwartz yeah one of my soulmate cats i really was like i'm going to be so present for this grief and i did feel it awakened also like everything kind of came into technicolor it was like I just was so present in life itself but I don't think that's something you should tell somebody that's grieving (laughs) no no well I you I don't know this feels related I thought of when you said it's all flow um I just had this image like you know we use the phrase being in the flow but like really if we are thinking of life of earth as like you know the flow of a river you are in the flow whether you are fighting it or not. Right, And right. if you're, you know, fighting, trying to go upstream, you're going to exhaust yourself and it's difficult and unpleasant. And, uh, yeah. but you're still in, in it. it. Like you're, right. you're there, whether right. you're, whatever your reaction to it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think what you said about just being present with the, like not, you know, we're not saying love them or enjoy mm. them. Like they're, they're fun, but. But it even can be like, if you take the morality out of it, it can be just an experience, depending on what it is. I'm not talking about extreme things, because I don't want anyone to feel like they can't. Like, that's also part of it is hating it or like being in like it's it is terrible. sometimes. I mean, there's many terrible things. But anyway, (laughs) very true. But there's also I do think that. I just want to like fight against this idea that we're here to be our end goal is always to be happy. Right. You know, because right. I do think we miss out on so much of life of when, you know, all the different shades of it. Yeah. If that if we're like, oh, but I'm in this, but I really just want to get to that. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Wooligans. See you next time. Bye.